Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, we're George and James and we're getting pretentious with Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. Hello, George. Hello, James. How are you? I'm on day 31 of self-isolation. 31. Wow. I have done a whole month in in the in tooting. Although we went for a walk to Wandsworth Town yesterday, but and you went for, and you went for a dog walk today. Yes. Well, I say we went for a dog walk. We laid out in the garden in the sun while it was warm. I see. Uh, how, was the, we, how was the shops? Because you queued at the shops. Oh, yeah, just long queues. We went to Wilco, and that was a queue. Um, and then went to Sainsbury's, and that was a queue. Wilco's still open? Yeah. What's their essential item? Uh, cleaning products. Ah, uh, fair. I, I bought a wok. A wok? Yep. You bought a wok in yep. self-isolation? Yep. It's such an unnecessary <laughs> purchase. Yeah, I got some pliers because I got a nail stuck in my shoe. Mm. Think how much. This is a really interesting shit that goes down in social life. Yeah. Think how many wok based dishes you can now cook there. Exactly. I mean, I think I'm gonna just going to cook everything in the wok now because woks are great. They're deep, but they're thin, so they heat up quick. Yeah. And you can have a lot of sauce in it. Facts. Wok facts. But anyway, yes. What have you been. I mean, we recorded the last two episodes a few days ago, but have you listened to anything since? Uh, watched anything? Have I? Have I? Have I? Let me think. Have you? <laughs> um, I've. Okay, so there's a list. I've got a list of albums that came out th- this Friday. So that's. What date are we on? Uh, Saturday today. So yesterday. Yes. So yesterday, yesterday. F- 3rd of April. Uh, Thundercat released a new album. Okay, it is what it is, which I listened to a little bit of. It's, it's classic Thundercat, really. Right, Just it is what funky. it is. Yeah. Um, Love for a Generator, i.e., Calvin Harris released another A side, B side, right, which is solid. And also, we were talking about them the other day, but Pigs, 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 Pigs released a new album. Did they? So I'm looking forward to giving that a listen. Uh, and bringing one back from the past, Mystery Jets also ah, released a new album. Interesting. I listened to the first two songs, um, and then I got bored, so I listened to Jill Deeper. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it might be all right. It's very indie, like old school yeah. indie. I haven't listened to many albums since we last talked, but apart from Jill Deeper, which we'll be talking about today... Um, I did hear the new 1975 song. Have you heard ah, that? I haven't checked that out yet. Is that is it on Spotify now? I don't know if it's on Spotify. I, I listened to it on YouTube. Yes, it is on Spotify. Jesus Christ Jesus 2005, Christ. God Bless America. God Bless America. Um, yeah, they like a good long title. Yeah. Uh, it's surprising. 
It, uh, okay. Don't give away too much. I, I, I tell you what. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to it right now. And then I'll get back to you. Oh, did I just close Zoom? No, I'm still there. No. Okay, cool. Um, Actually, yeah. Why don't you listen to it? Because then we can talk about it on the thing. Yeah, it's just going to be funny because you can edit it where I'm like, oh, I haven't heard it. Hold on, I'm going to go listen to <laughs> yeah. it. And then I, it comes back like two seconds later. So listeners to the podcast, George has just listened to the song. Well, I'll skip through it. Yeah. Um, I liked it. It's nice. It's kind of mellow. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where it's placed in the album because it might... I think it could be a very blissful moment on the record. Yeah, I listened to it last night and I thought, I really like that. Um, it it did surprise me. We just talked about um, as a Phoebe Bridges is on the song and she has a line about being in love with a girl that lives next door and then when her the girl leaves, she masturbates to the thought of her, which comes out of nowhere in a very mellow sort of song it'd be interesting to delve into the lyrics a bit on this album because the last album was as we spoke about was quite deep lyrically yeah but in a in a hidden sort of way so that came as a little surprise yeah um and then i did listen i went and listened to the new Haley williams song oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, the one that's already out Roses, Lotus, Lotus, Violet, Iris. But I've just seen on uh, Spotify, there's another new one, which I oh. haven't heard. Oh. Over Yet, which I haven't heard. So Let's, uh, let's, oh, yes, that's new. Ah. She, ah, oh, because on the Over Yet single, it's got Roses, Lotus, Violet, Iris. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about that album. Um. But yeah, we're talking about Dua Lipa today. That we is are. Our, that is our main main cause for attraction. Well, uh, do you want to kick off with your I thoughts? I like it. I know you like it. I really, but it it took me a while because um, originally I didn't really like physical. Or break my heart when I initially listened to them. Mm. Um, and now I've had the whole album on repeat for like the last two days since it came out. To be honest, on repeat since it came out. I've actually learned two of the songs on bass guitar as well, which oh, really? is rare for me. Which I don't. Ones? Um, Pretty Please and Don't Start Now. Okay. Pretty Please, I think, other than Don't Start Now. I think it might be my, one of my. It might be my favourite. Trying to remember which one pretty pleases. Um, it's got the boom, 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 sort of bit. Okay, yeah. Same chords all the way through. Really simple. Uh, what is it? Yeah, no, I've got it. I've got it. F sharp. Yeah, it's just like four chords. F sharp. It's just really simple. I really like it. Same all the way through. But a lot of the albums like that. And it really borrows from a lot of... Like, Future Nostalgia is a perfect name for it because it really borrows from nostalgia, but it feels like a modern pop album. 
You know what it feels like to me? Um, it feels to me a bit like, and this isn't a criticism of it, um, because I've, when we first talked about the album, I was kind of lukewarm on it, and I think I've come around to it quite a lot more. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it feels to me like a now compilation CD of the eras that she is like uh, sort of imitating, sort of 80s, 90s. Um, yeah. Because to I'd... me, like while the album feels like very sonically cohesive in terms of the instrumentation and like the, mm. the feeling of each song, uh, it also feels to me like the tracks could sort of be in any order and it feels yeah. it feels like a sort of greatest hits bangers thing so it makes it feel to me like a you see this is why there's two songs on the album that annoy me and that's cool and boys will be boys okay do you want to explain me, why every every track on the album feels like a real nostalgia hit from 90s 80s 90s noughties yeah. And then those two songs just sound like a Taylor Swift, Carla Rae Jepsen ripoff. Cool definitely sounds like a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. If that, it feels like it could be a song on 1989. Especially that that ending. Yeah. Where it's like, you got me losing all my cool. It's yeah. Like, oh. it, she even does sort of similar vocal ticks to yeah. Taylor Swift. She has these sort of like, uh, I don't want to call them grunts, but like well, they sort it's of like—it's a few American American styles of saying words, which isn't bad, but just doesn't fit with the album. I mean, we've said how much we love 1989, yeah, but this this song sounds too 1989 for this album. Yeah, it doesn't it, fit. Uh, and Boys Will Be Boys doesn't work for me on a few levels. Yeah, I like. I like the fact that Jew has decided to do a bit of a... I, I like the context behind it, but the... I mean, um, Anthony Fantano said it good with it just being a bit one-dimensional. Yeah, I think I agreed. And we were talking earlier about how we don't necessarily agree with everything the needle drop says. Yeah. Um, I don't agree this, with everything he says, but I, equally I... I respect his opinion on a lot of things yeah i will um, always watch to see his opinion on an yeah, album but i might not i might not agree necessarily um but boys will be i think he said that it felt a bit um some of the some of the lyrics felt a bit sort of um obvious yeah like and i, and I get um so boys will be boys basically is a song about um, why do we excuse male behaviour and just and just and say stuff like boys will be boys, which is fair, which I'm is very a, behind that sentiment, a fair thing to say. Um, but to me, it felt a little bit. So it's always difficult, I think, with songs like these, right? Because in one respect, I'm like, um, she's an artist, and you can't criticize her for talking about what she wants to talk about because mm. at the same time i praise taylor swift when she talks about things in her songs right yeah so you can't 
criticize her for talking about it but then there's always part of me that's a bit sort of like when you talk about something so strongly like this sometimes well you've got to do it well but i also think um sometimes you are preaching to the converted on it a little bit which i think is what a little bit sort of what anthony fantano was getting at yeah there's i i saw somebody post on facebook the other day um and they were talking about all of the the hoarding and stuff going on recently and they were like don't come onto facebook and scream and shout about people hoarding and just being mean on social media about people because most of the people that will be seeing that are your friends and they are probably in the same seat as you are. Yeah. Like you're not complaining about people that will see your complaints. And yes. yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. honest, this isn't this it's an album song. I can't imagine boys will be boys getting into the charts. So it's a bit of a song being spread by people that already have the same opinions. Like yeah. even us, we already, we we agree with the things said. In we this agree with the song. sentiment of the song, yeah. So it's kind of a bit like, eh, like it's not really. It it needed to be a much better song if it had the quality of "Don't Start Now." I think that's the thing. The sentiment. Isn't it? Then it could be like, yeah, let's get it to number one. It's a banging song with a good message. Whereas I think if this, I, I, yeah, I think it's easy to criticize us. Uh, criticize the content of the song when I, I think that maybe shows that the song itself is kind of lacking yeah. as a song because we can go into the lyrics and criticize, you know. Yeah, and even just like the performance of it and the structure of it, it's just just because it's a little bit of a like protest song or a, a very strong point track, it doesn't mean it has to be so blunt or strict or shit. <laughs> one, one thing that I can say about Boys Will Be Boys yeah. is that it's far superior to Boys Will Be Boys by The Ordinary Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I've got... the this, this is interesting, right? I've got the lyrics up for The Ordinary Boys, Boys Will Be Boys. All right. Next to Dua Lipa's song, Boys Will Be Boys, and her lyrics. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it probably says more just about uh, the guy. Time period? Yeah, the time. Well, I think it says something about the time period. I also think it's, it probably just says something about uh, the opinions of Preston from The Ordinary Boys. Um, but uh, <laughs> good but, old Preston. But um, do you remember when he walked off? Never mind the Buzzcocks. No. Oh, you, you find the clip on YouTube. It's brilliant. It's him. Oh. Walk, he he gets because you know Simon Amp still always just take the piss yeah. out of people. Yeah. And he just takes the piss out of Preston, and Preston gets so annoyed he walks off. I I actually think they should bring back Never Mind the Buzzcocks. Yeah, it was good. Maybe. Maybe we should bring back Nevermind the Buzzcocks. If this podcast goes well enough. We will bring back Nevermind the Buzzcocks. We will, we will get a contract there's with a BBC. Great, there's a great bit where he go, where he's looking at the back of the Ordinary Boys record. And he's like, <laughs> he's like uh, um, <laughs> all tracks written by Preston, except 
number two, number three, number five, number six, number seven, number eight. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> um, so the ordinary boys lyrics, it's like, um, uh, I've had nights I will never forget. I've had nights I will always regret, but I can take it on the chin and say, boys will be boys. Oh God. Um, there's been girls that have stolen our hearts, but their arms simply couldn't be prized apart. They will never let us in and say, boys will be boys. Wow. We cheat and we lie and we fight. We don't cry, <laughs> but we try. So I think uh, Dua Lipa's won on the yeah, that boys will be is. boys front. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, i tell you what else, like... Oh, there's just so many good tracks on this album. I d- like Future Nostalgia. What a way to start an album. About, about like, it just really sets the field for the rest of the album. And the lyric video is really good. I think there's a music video now as well, but I haven't is actually that? watched it. So, um, so my problem when we initially talked about the album was that I thought, the album yeah. started strong and then drops off towards the end. And I still sort of think that a little bit. Um, I don't think it quite as strongly as I did. Yeah. I just, I, I do think it's going to be hard. I, 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 and I, and I, it's almost not a criticism because... I don't it's know. Just, it's just that she's written such a good first two songs that it's hard to like how do you top don't start now as a, as a pop song you see i think if you actually take cool if you listen to the album and take out cool from track number three yeah if you go straight from don't start now to physical then levitating then pretty please hallucinating or hallucinate sorry yeah it it, it continues a really groovy funky album for a solid six tracks and then you get love again, which brings it down. Does it bring it down? Sort of. Yeah, it's still it's still funky as hell though. And everything, then break my heart. Everything. Everything actually. The the energy keeps going. Actually. Yeah. The um, only f- is cool that knocks me off a bit. I remember see, when I first don't even mind. I don't even mind cool. I just think it sounds like a Taylor Swift song. It just doesn't fit in the album for me. Uh, to be honest, put cool before boys will be boys, and then I can just listen to the first nine tracks of the album and then not bother with the last two. It feels actually. <laughs> I feel similarly about good in bed as you do about cool. I think I feel like good in bed is more much more of a oh uh, no, first I love that. album Dua Lipa song. Oh, to, for me that feels. I like the fact that it's towards the end of the album. Because in a way that feels like pop in the noughties with like Lily Allen, that whole bad, 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 it's it's really like. Well, maybe then actually. So taking that idea, okay, um, that that good in bed is like a noughties Lily Allen song, right? Yeah. If you then put cool after good in bed, yeah. 
then it could be an interesting like journey through, through time history yeah and maybe that would make me feel differently about good in bed and cool as like if their placement on the album felt like it was a more of like a a journey through time to I genuinely think they put Cool as track number three, though, just because they were like, look, we're starting with two good songs. Let's put a slightly shittier one. So I don't even mind Cool. I think good. I think Cool's a fine pop song. Actually, who who wrote it? Well, I've got all the writers here because the writers get interesting on certain songs. So really? Cool, yeah. So Cool oh, it's was... it's got Toff Low on it. Yeah. Um, Camille... Purcell, Tavlo, Shaka Phillip, Ben Cohn, Tom Barnes, and Pete Kelleher. Now you see, Tom Barnes is exactly the person I always think he was, and it makes a lot of sense. He actually does one of my one of my favourite songs, which is "Find Me" by Sigma and Birdie. Really good song, good music video as well, and a lot of Lewis Capaldi. But you look at his his. Uh... You look at his his song, his track list, his song, his discography. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Music podcast. Um, and it, it it feels, the only thing that's like missing on his discography is, is a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Uh, he's I, re- yeah. It's impressive how, how many people all have the same writers. writers. Yeah. It's still, even though I know all of this, actually, interestingly enough, Find Me by Sigma and Birdie, two of the writers are also on this song, of that song. So that's interesting. So the writers gets interesting, because I was reading earlier, while George was queuing at the the shops, I was (laughs) reading up about the album. Um, So she recorded about 60 songs for this album, and whittled it down to 11 which i don't think is uncommon for a pop record um but interestingly she wrote songs and recorded songs with pharrell williams mark ronson and niall rogers and none of them made them onto the album now if you're gonna make a record like this with this sort of sound I think your immediate thought is... Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson, who did Uptown Funk, and Niall Rogers and Pharrell Williams, who did the Get Lucky song with Daft Punk. i tell you what that probably is. They were too, in a way, too old. Not like physically, but mentally. A bit too stuck in their ways, maybe. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. I think... Uh... You could probably make a case that those are the first; those are the first names you would think of if you were going to make this record. Yeah, and then actually, I you could see yourself getting down the line and going, "This just feels like an uptown funk again," and maybe, yeah, maybe she'll just release an album that's just called Nostalgia after this. Ooh. It will be just like a load of tracks from <laughs> from Pharrell and Mark Ronson. So I thought it was interesting that their songs were cut off the album. Yeah. Um and and you look at the you look at the songwriters involved and a lot of them are quite young 
they're quite young modern writers who have been doing yeah. stuff like Lewis Capaldi and all of that. Yeah. Um, Break My Heart's interesting because when I first heard Break My Heart, the main melody, yeah. main melody line in that is and I thought yeah. when I first heard it I thought this sounds a bit like a bit like Need You yeah. Tonight by NXS it's a bit like the guitar riff from that yeah and then lo and behold someone else obviously thought that during the writing yeah. because Michael Hutchins and Andrew Farris are credited as songwriters on Break My Heart uh... um but what I'd be interested to know is if they purposely took that melody line and used it. I mean, I think this album is a perfect example of creative borrowing. Yeah, because if they took it and used it, then that's great because mm. I think that it really works as a... I mean, it's a great... It's an, it, there's a reason not, everyone knows that riff because yeah. it's a great riff, right? But it's also not it's not so close that I'm like, oh, they're just ripping off that song. Yeah. They're not and they're not they're, they're equally not doing what Professor Green did with that song and just <laughs> sample the whole song and just rap yeah. over the top of it. So they're yeah. like taking the idea and 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 using it in the song, which is quite interesting because that's kind of what the the whole album is to me. And which yeah. is why it feels like a now compilation CD of, of all those great hits in the past, because it's like we're taking think, bits from here and there. And I would love to know if there was. I would. I, I want to know if there was like a research paper for this album, mm. because the amount of referencing done musically, I feel like somebody in the creative process should write a dissertation or something on this album, <laughs> just like. Just writing down all of the little ideas, whether because I'm actually really curious. Even just some of the sounds and the production they chose on this album really feels like a very conscious decision mm. about something else. It'd be interesting to see how much work went into the more the more research element of this album. Yeah, because so it does. Layers. It does feel a bit like I was watching an interview with um, Fatboy Slim the other day. About how he made, uh, oh, what's the song called? Praise You? No. <laughs> Check it out now. Oh, the funk show, brother. Rockefeller Skank. Rockefeller Skank. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to him talk about how he made Rockefeller Skank, and he obviously made it in the 90s. And he made it on this old computer that he still got and this old, really old, like, sample machine on his computer that he still got. Yeah. Um, but obviously, still then, you were make, you were sampling stuff by, like, crate digging, like, digging through yeah. uh, crates of old vinyls and stuff. And it feels to me, this album sort of reminds me of that... Fair. Sort yeah. of, uh, like, approach... Yeah, it's like somebody. I would. What I would. What I'm imagining is just Dua and a couple of like the core team just being like, "All right, every time we get a songwriter in for the song day, we're going to say to them, bring all of your favorite albums from 1982 to 1984, yeah. 
we're going to sit, we're going to listen to them, and then we're going to write an album, or like write a song based on that. Yeah. Like, that's how I wish this album was made. Whether Maybe it was. Maybe, maybe. it was. Because there are even, there are even like, there's a sample in Love Again that, that I've definitely heard on some old dance yeah. tracks. And I don't know where, but I've heard it on a dance track somewhere. But then also it could be just like an orchestral hit that is just so of that period that it just is that. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I, I hate, like, liking an album this much sometimes. I almost don't have that much to say about the album. I just love... It's just such a good listen. It's just really nice. Do you think... So So you've listened to it quite a few times. Have you listened to it quite a few times because you know we're talking about it? Or have you listened to it quite a few times just because you genuinely just want to put it on and you like listening no, to I it? No, I genuinely just like listening to it. Like, it's actually one of the few albums where if I'm cooking... I'll put right. this on now. Right, okay. I actually really like it. Because Although I, I do I do skip cool though. Because I think for me, um, as much as I appreciate it and, and and actually have a good time with it, hmm. it will probably go into the same uh filing cabinet in my brain as nineteen eighty nine in terms of like actually when I like it, when when I put it on, I really you like, like it. it. But I'll I imagine it will get filed under pop records I don't really listen to that often. Fair. This and forget is, about. I think this is the first pop record where I will actually listen to this a lot. Okay, interesting. i tell you an album, actually, that makes me feel the same way is Colour It In by Maccabees that came into my head today. Right, okay. Um, Just one of those albums... That is the right enough interesting, the right enough, right amount of interesting to enjoy, like dipping into, but yeah. also the right amount nothing that you can just have it on and not worry about missing anything. Yeah. But you can fair. also sing along to the whole thing as well. That's, yeah, that, that, that's fair, I think. The, um, I still wouldn't pay to go to one of her gigs, though. It, why is that? Because the fans, though. The fans and the expense, and I hate, I hate arena gigs. Arena gigs. I just yeah. the O2 is my least favorite venue. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of what gigs that I've been to at the O2 that I loved. I did go see Hans Zimmer at the SSE Arena, and that was quite good. That was good. I went by myself to that actually. Did you? I went, I went just by me. I went by myself to see him do Interstellar at the Royal Albert Hall oh, with the that, film. That was good. I I only went by myself because I'd missed the tickets completely. And do then you want to know something, know something controversial? Controversial. If you can I, say controversial, you can <laughs> tell me something controversial. Controversial. Yeah. I actually think Dua Lipa would have made a better Bond song than Billie Eilish. Oh. Okay, right. Let's let's break this down. So, uh, I you think, didn't really like the Billie Eilish Bond song, did you? No, it just sounded like... It sounded like somebody dropped Hans Zimmer on the floor, somebody dropped Billie Eilish on the floor, 
and they picked up all the pieces and super glued them together. You know what I think is interesting about Hans Zimmer in relation to this Bond film is that he wasn't supposed to be doing the score for the not? Bond film. No. Um, Why is he doing it then? So let me look up who the composer was first. But basically, um, he got brought in quite late to do the score because they fired the guy who was doing it first, basically. So Dan Romer was supposed to be the composer. And he... So it's Carrie Fukunaga who's making the film. Yeah. And Dan Romer had worked with Fukunaga on Beast of No Nation and Maniac before. Mm. Um, And then Romer left the film due to creative differences, which I always think means he's being fired. (laughs) Um, And so Hans Zimmer replaced him in January of this year. Bearing in mind, yeah, bearing in mind, the film was supposed to come out in April, or like April, wasn't it? But they pushed it back because of the whole coronavirus thing. End of April, I think, yeah. I bet Hans Zimmer is, is thankful for the delay. So yeah, Hans Zimmer wasn't supposed to be doing it. I don't. I still don't know how I feel about Hans Zimmer doing a Bond film. Oh well, uh, yeah, it's a weird choice actually. But then Hans Zimmer did Lion King. Yeah. So he does do he he does do what I would consider the pop category of films and Cool Runnings, which we watched oh, recently again the other day, and Hans Zimmer was the composer on it um so yeah so i don't know how much because so basically they got jan so in january hans zimmer came on to do the bomb film and then equally in january billy eilish was announced as the next theme song singer performer yeah and then they released it at the start of february so how much Involvement did Hans Zimmer actually? Sometimes, yeah. like when you see Julie, uh, not Julie, fucking hell, when you see Hans Zimmer's like discography for albums, hmm. I do wonder how much he actually does himself. Well, he does have a team. I mean, I the one of the like obviously he has a team, but how much does he actually like for something like bond three three four month turnaround yeah i mean he's not doing that all himself yeah Yeah. he probably just sat down and went all right here's one song now base a whole movie soundtrack like here's a 10 minute sample of what i think it should sound like now go film (laughs) go do the rest for i think i think depending on the job he does more or less yeah because he has like a whole fucking setup where he's got so many composers working for him i mean the guy who did the score for my film worked for Hans Zimmer in that yeah. capacity so yeah um, I suppose something more like Interstellar where he's close with the director yeah then he's probably doing it all himself and it's sort of yeah because um, there's definitely a line I think you could probably hear it in Hans Zimmer's um, soundtracks there's some there's some things that he works on and it sounds like this it sounds like Hans Zimmer pushing himself and then there's the Hans Zimmer formula films. Yeah. That's what Bond's going to be, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and, and to be fair, that's 
probably out of his hands. Even if he wanted to do it all himself, he probably didn't have time because... No, if I'm trying to write a whole feature-length film in, what, four months? And get it recorded and then mixed and then... Just, yeah. It's not... He's not going to be able to do it. Anyway, so... To be honest, I, yeah. So Billy, uh, Like, I, but studios booked up in that advance, so... <laughs> yeah. So Billy Eilish, so you didn't like yeah. the song. Not for really. me, for me, it felt quite just paint by numbers Bond song. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was like now we do this, and now it felt like it was exactly the same structure as Skyfall. In the start, we start yeah. with a piano, then second verse, some strings come in with a bit of bass and drums, and then we launch for the chorus, and then guitar yeah. glang at the end. And was Skyfall Sam Smith? Uh, Sky Skyfall was Adele. Spectre was was. uh, Sam Smith. Because that, at least Billie Eilish's was better than that. Yeah. But I genuinely think, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe Dua Lipa did a Bond song, though. I don't know. I'm just thinking because Black Swan, was it Black Swan? No, Swan Song. Swan Swan Song. Was an all right film track. It was quite fun. It was interesting. Mm. It was not, like, it was fun. But can a Bond film have a fun song? But I say this, but Alicia Keys and Jack White, that was a banger. Yeah, but while you say that, the people who are big Bond fans hated that Bond song. What film was that in? Uh, Quantum of Solace. So it didn't help that it was part of a terrible film. But Yeah. But I think uh, it got quite slated as, as, as a Bond song. Um, yeah. I think I think the problem is with anything like a Bond song. It's like because Betty Eilish was hired, and the, my first thought as a Bond fan was like, mm, "Not mm-hmm. sure, not sure about that." Yeah. Then I listened to the song, and then I was disappointed that it wasn't Billy Eilish enough. Yeah. So there's a battle in my head of like the Bond fan who's like, I want to hear a Bond song. And it sounds like a Bond song. And it sounds like a Bond song. So part, part of me was pleased, but then part of me was like, well, they didn't really do much with the fact they've got Billie Eilish. Yeah, it just, it's a Bond song with Billie Eilish singing the words. Yeah. And it's it feel- like, it's turning into karaoke Bond songs at this point. Well, yeah, because it feels, because it's so big at this point, they almost don't want to take a risk with. Yeah. I think Chris Cornell's one for Casino Royale was probably. But this is what annoys me. Like, when Bond gets to the point that it is now, why can't they just give it a go? Do you remember Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, his Bond song for Casino Royale? I can't remember at all. I listened to it. You Know My Name, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. This is a banger. Yeah. See, that feels like a perfect bit of like, hey... We're we're getting this guy to do it, and we're leaving him to do yeah what he wants. And I, t- I don't know oh. if that's because it was for Casino Royale, where they were taking a different approach anyway. I tell you who could write a good Bond song. Um, his name escapes me right now. Shit, what's his name? Tommy York. No. <laughs> have oh. you have you heard Radiohead's Spectre song though? Did they do a Spectre song? So they did a Spectre song and then it was rejected and they got Sam Smith to do. Is it any good? It's it's pretty good. Fair. I'm thinking of 
the guy from Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, Joshua Homme. Josh Homme. He would do an amazing Bond he, song. Yeah. Okay. He should do a Bond song. Here's some homework for you, George. Yeah. Because there is a song on Like Clockwork, Queens of the Stone Age, that I think is basically a Bond song. Well, Like Clockwork is the song. Oh, it's Like a, Clockwork. Like Clockwork. It's the last song on Like Clockwork. Yeah. And it's a, bon, it's a Bond song. It's totally yeah, a Bond song. I, I can't remember. Like, I've listened to that album a few times. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Just go, go and listen to it later and then message me and tell me that it's not a brilliant Bond song. You know what I think the issue is with James Bond as a whole, though? There's just no creativity to it anymore. Well, I, uh, we talked actually about what a perfect plot would be for yeah. this new Bond film, which they're not going to do. But and I'm not going to say because I want to do it if I ever get a job <laughs> directing Bond. <laughs> but it, it would have been what our idea was was much, and it also included the um, actor from Mr. Robot as well. Yeah, we were working yeah. within the confines of what we'd already been given. Yeah, and made it. I just like. The songs don't seem... It doesn't... Why is nobody given... I mean, maybe they did give Billie Eilish and Hans Zimmer a script, but it doesn't feel like somebody sat down with them and was like, all right, yes, this is another James Bond film, but this is what we're trying to convey in this Bond film. It's just... It's another Bond film. You know the rules. Off you go. Yeah. Enjoy. We're going to make a lot of money out of this. Yeah. There's no creativity to it. Well, I mean, Dua Lipa could get on that quite easily, I think. However much I like Dua Lipa, it is definitely a money-making game. But that's why this album is a bit more refreshing than the last album. It actually has some effort put into it. Her first album definitely felt just like a collection of her... It's the greatest hits of Dua Lipa singles. so far, yeah. Um, Which I don't, I, I don't have fine. an issue with. Like, that's what you sort of get expect. when... Yeah. When a yeah. new pop artist comes out, um, what I appreciate nice about to this see is that her, yeah, yeah, that she's she's not just gone. Okay, I'll just do another one of those greatest hits albums like Ed Sheeran. I'm going to actually just do a good album. Also, the interesting thing for me is is like so we talked earlier about Mark Ronson and Pharrell and all those people being involved. It would be interesting. Oh, and Max Martin was another name as well. That she, really? She, did, that she didn't, didn't make? Didn't make the album. Jeez. Um, and, it, and it feels to me, those names feels to me like, I, this is me completely guessing, I may be wrong, but it feels like the record label going... You need to use these people. These people. And then, to me, this is how it feels, is that she's gone... No, this is the album. Doesn't it's not working? Yeah, because I imagine that the studio, the the record label, would probably quite like to have Nile Rodgers, Mark Ronson, Pharrell Williams involved. Maybe to be able to sell the record. Maybe we are entering. This is like a little hint, or like a little sign that we're entering a new era of pop music. Because you think Pharrell Williams, um, Max Martin. Mark Ronson, they've kind of been kings of pop music for the last 10 or so years. Yeah. 
are we now like starting to enter a new little era for pop music? Are we en- are we find are we actually entering the twenties? See, I don't pop music. I don't know. Is it a decade shift? I don't know if we are, and I think the reason for me, anyway, mm. I think if if my theory is correct, and in, in it's Dua Lipa who has decided not to use these songs made by these people rather than this a, a, yeah. a, a label decision then I think that says more about her than... Because uh, I wouldn't trust certain pop singers to make those sort of decisions. I don't then, think Justin Bieber cares. But then you could argue, is she making the decisions that somebody like Madonna or Kylie Minogue would have made? And that's that's what's making her at the forefront. Yeah, I mean... Speaking of Kylie, there's a lot of Kylie in There is a in this lot album. of Kylie, a lot of Madonna. But I... I, I it's not a bad thing. I genuinely... Because, like, also Post Malone, he uses a lot of very new artists mm. as songwriters. So I'm like, are we actually seeing a little bit of a turn? Maybe. Are but we I, actually I, coming I just into a new decade of pop music? Which may, would be fitting, we're in 2020. Maybe, but I, I just, I don't think I, and maybe it's my prejudice about sort of mainstream pop, but I don't trust a lot of the artists that trust, are involved in mainstream pop to, it's not that to be I doing. wouldn't trust the artists, I don't trust the labels, and the artists would just be indifferent to it. Well, that's what I mean, I don't trust the, the artists to go, no, this is what I'm doing. I even I, I even felt that Taylor Swift was a little bit lazy with her last record. Right, it felt like more of the same, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah. But actually, no, it much. didn't. It felt like going back to 1989. It felt a little bit like Red as well at points. It was like, <laughs> oh, Reputation didn't go down as well as I thought it would. But I don't know many... That's... I can't think of many pop artists off the top of my head that have done as well as Dua Lipa off of two albums. She has sort of exploded quite quickly. I'm I'm on Spotify and she's third in the world for streams. 56,979 monthly listeners. That is that is mental. Off of two albums. Who's the top 3 then? Taylor Swift? Um I don't know. How do you see the top? I don't actually know. I I don't know how you see the top. I remember though because Taylor, Taylor Swift's only thirty first in the world. Really, I remember when post. I remember when it came out last year though, like the top of the decade or whatever. Yeah, I remember post, post, post Malone, Malone was was higher up than I thought he would be. I, it surprised me how big Post Malone is. I thought but mistakenly, although, I thought Post Malone was sort of this indie artist that no one really knew about. <laughs> it turned out everyone fucking knew about him. Post Malone's she's above Post Malone at the moment. He's mm. eighth. But yeah, I although I don't really rate Post Malone, I do appreciate artists like him and Dua Lipa a little bit for like it does feel like they're pushing what pop can be about. Also I hear Post Malone is apparently just one of the nicest people. Yeah, I like you could meet. He's like apparently he's just a great guy. I don't think you can be that successful and not be a nice person to a certain extent. Like, 
he's got what four, 51 million monthly listeners mm. a fair amount of them need to like him as a personality so any uh, any closing thoughts on future nostalgia we went quite on a bond tangent but that's yeah fine. big bond, bond tangent I mean actually bond tangent Post Malone mm. James Bond film mm. He could have acted in it as well. I hear he's getting into acting. But yeah, um, closing thoughts on future nostalgia. I it's a very good second album from a pop artist. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it will stand the test of time that well. Maybe. I think certain songs will. I, I was saying this earlier. I, I think... I think Don't Start Now will be remembered as one of those pop songs up there with, like, we still remember Uptown Funk now. We still remember... Yeah. yeah it's That's going to be up there. Yeah, definitely. Maybe Future Nostalgia, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think... I think this will make... This second album has made Dua Lipa uh, a very solid pop artist and her doing another album in a couple of years it will sell just as well Well, i I think people it's built up confidence in her fans i think what what future nostalgia does i don't think future so we look at like taylor swift's 1989 and we look at it as like her sort of seminal record right yeah and red was sort of like the stepping stone to that yeah i almost feel like this is is her red it's like this is really good and solid and... Uh, the next one's going to be... The next one is going to be the one where we just get, you know, gold. that's how it feels yeah. to me. Yeah, because also something that I do really appreciate about this album as well is the actual, the merchandising, the the music videos, all of the kind of little creative outlets that she's done alongside it, the way that she's done different performances. Mm for each like SNL all of the talk shows there have been different performances high budget like the team behind her has really fought through what needs to happen at each stage during the release of the album yeah and it actually sold the album I think Corona maybe the whole COVID-19 might have halted it a little bit it's obviously improved streams well it's definitely halted halted her tour hasn't it yeah um and apparently it got leaked as well. It got leaked. Yeah, it did get leaked, which is a shame. Um, I do think leaking is a little bit of a shame. But I think overall this album is... It's not going to go down in history, but I think it's the build-up to something good. But I also would say it's a grower as well. I'd say yeah, if you've definitely. listened to it once and a, a sort of lukewarm on it, I, I, was, definitely, it I was definitely the same. And I'm still not quite... Where George is, George is very much like like loves it at the moment. But I think he's probably li- you've probably listened to it more than I. Oh, have. I've listened to it like good seven or eight times. Whereas I probably listened to it two, three times. So yeah. I'm kind of I'm getting there with it. Um, and but, it's not like it's not like you even have to work on it. If you just you, you just need to put it on. It's one of those ones where it's very radioable, radio playable. Yeah, in the sense that. You might hear it on the radio once or twice and be like, oh, that song's okay. And then after a while, you are singing every word, every part yeah. of the song. I found myself, when I was listening to it just before we started this, 
I found myself singing along songs that I didn't even know I knew. Because, like, yeah. I didn't even know... Like, if you asked me, how does uh, levitating go? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you now. But no. put it on, and I was singing along to it earlier, so... It's a I crack think album. I think, yeah. You're taking a little bit now and then, and before you know it, you're taking hey, it every day, and yeah, you know exactly. all of it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, that's a good place to leave it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia, another nice little pop track for us, well, pop album. Um, yeah. And next week, we're going old school. We are. What are we listening to, George? So next week is going to be Primal Screams, very out there, quite widely known album, Screamadelica. Yeah. An album that I haven't ever actually listened to. After listening to it, I realized there's a few songs that I'd heard before, but... You know what I realized the other day? Because I was the yeah. one who suggested this album. Yeah. And you know what I realized the other day? What? When I was listening to the album, I was like, I'm not actually sure I've listened to this all the way through. I yeah, think I, I just listened to the songs heard. I know on it. I'm I'm much more interested to talk about this than I thought I would be. I can definitely say that much. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one. Uh, so, thank it's you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Uh, do share the podcast with your friends and all that. Subscribe. Follow us on the social media below. And until next time... We shall see you later. Goodbye. Bye.